1: Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening.
0: Greeting gardening friends on a lovely spring morning. A little bit of precipitation overnight, I believe, as well. The team is on hand. Bev Daring, John Glidding, we're all here. And a big shout-out to Chris Bartlett, and Mal Carton for the fabulous breakfast show. And a reminder between 9 pm and midnight tomorrow night, you can tune into Chris Bartlett's soiree again. And he guarantees to play music to put you to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Jim Crinan uh, took us for a little cycle just now. And Jim returns at 10 am with the classic 70s. So, that's something. To look forward to as well, Vicaro. What a lovely day! Oh, and you've glorious. had a busy morning already. Uh,
2: already, yes. Oh, good morning, gardeners. What a great day out there! I know some of you will still be laying in bed, listening yeah. to the radio, having if your clever, cup they will of tea. Be. Yeah. But ah, oh, tell you what, I dropped Shirley off at Kings Park this morning because today they're having their plant sale. Yeah, and
0: you got to get there early.
2: Oh, it was amazing, Ray. I had a little wander around and. um I interviewed the people at the beginning of the queue. So first in line up there was Brett, and he's come from Mount Barker. He got there at 4 o'clock this morning. There was Edwin, who studies at Curtin University. He was there not long after. Second in line. Lovely photos of the boys up there. mm mm-hmm. There was someone else that slept in their car from one thirty <laughs> up there. There was about 30 to 40 people, I think, in the queue at quarter to seven. And when I was leaving, there was a coffee van there. And um, I got a message back from Shirley to say that, um, to say that, the lady at the coffee van listens to us every week and Fabulous. her name is Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. And good morning. I, I said we'd give a shout out. So, oh, yeah, yeah, good it- luck to everyone up there. What I did find out, the, the hot favourites are orchids. So those at the front of the line are in the market for orchids today. Um. But a lot of other botanic names were being thrown around. I snapped a couple of pictures and I've put them uh, both on my Facebook page and the Let's Talk Gardening Facebook page what a shame so, you had to leave and come, oh,
0: come here it, it
2: was a lovely drive
0: though it oh, was yes. really beautiful yeah no very exciting to be up there this morning and just how keen are people sleeping in their cars they know what they want they've got a list they're going to get it and they're going to make sure that they get it and good on them you know that's what that's a healthy obsession
2: uh, well apparently um Rebecca is listening now because she's she's actually the one making the coffee so she's listening in between making coffee so Morning to everyone up at King's Park yeah. waiting for their the
0: gates to open to buy their plants. And get their little lovely scoot on them. Yeah, no, and a great morning to do it. Uh, there's a lot on this weekend actually from a gardening <sighs> isn't perspective. Just... Yeah. And it's been a great week. How about you? <laughs>
2: it's been a busy
0: one. <laughs> it's a bit of a here, blur, isn't it?
2: Here we are. I did spend a bit of time at the computer responding to some of the messages, but yeah. sorry folks. It's been Pretty hectic and I have to admit I wasn't able to keep up with all the replies this week. So hopefully maybe next week uh, things will change and I'll get back. Well, it's a bit hard, Ray, isn't it? When the sun is shining, sometimes you just have to make the most of it and get out there. There's weeding to be done and orchids to be found. I found my first donkey orchid in the bush this week. Which I actually think is a pansy
0: orchid. Mm. So it looks like it. The photo you sent me. Mm. Yes,
2: and I'm also looking into the black, tr- black, the grass trees, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the black trunks, mm. and I've got a problem with one of them. And one of our listeners uh, sent a message too, and that this is Tammy, and five of theirs there's, there's have, a problem have out died. There. Out of about the 25 on their property. So it's I'm looking further into that. I know yeah. that there is a bug yeah. that is in mine and I'm not actually sure whether the bug comes first or whether the grass trees are in decline and then the bug is a secondary problem. But I've just applied something terrible to one of mine in the just hope that I can, mm. can knock it and hopefully get at least a couple of shoots. One of these grass trees came back after a burn, was looking magnificent. Mm. And then almost overnight I could see signs of it just, it just lost its vigor. And when I went for closer inspection, I found some lava in the centre and a lot of swarf, which is their excreta. And the the center's pulled out, out of about 16 shoots. I think there's probably three or four that I may be able to save, and that's my hope. Because these these grass trees would be so three hundred years so old. old.
0: and you can't it, replace them. You can't, and they go quickly, don't they? When they go, well, off. they
2: do. Mm. And the other thing that can can cause their demise, but not in this case, is if they get bumped by anything. So if you're mowing around them, like I have a ride-on mower, so sometimes I accidentally get too close to things. Yeah, if a vehicle butts into them and gives them a jolt that's it
0: it Just it knocks their root system they, and, and they do not that's like the that. end of it yeah it's remarkable isn't it mm. yeah they're very very sensitive and I absolutely love them I would like to have had one in my garden but I know that I was probably uh inviting uh trouble to to have one put in. well I think I'd get up very upset yes, if I lost it I'd, yeah
2: I don't think I would invest yeah, in one but no. having said that We've got a lot in the bush. It depends. Yeah,
0: yeah. it depends on your circumstance Mm. and your situation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. 94841927. You can email us as well, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. You were going to say something. (laughs) I just was going to say,
2: yesterday morning, I went out with John Banner Savage Ah. and helped a little bit setting up for the garden fair, which is on today. And I I snapped a few photos of that too. The Fern Society were there. The palm and cycads. There were geraniums, begonias, succulents, herbs. Um, I saw Jackie from African Violets. Mm. And there was many, many tables that hadn't yet been set up. We were there Mm. in the early part of today. But that's, that's on today. So after I leave here, I'm picking up Shirley from Kings Park and flying back to the garden fair for lunch. I have a box of books or magazines our gardens magazines so Mm. i've got them free to give away to distribute
0: as well no i think on on a day like today yeah people will definitely be out in in force won't they
2: oh well and they should be you know like Mm. i shared one of the posts to the the garden club's facebook page which is right across australia and I felt a little bit guilty because in Western Australia, we're I not know, living with I the conditions I have that, that many feeling, of them
0: are. I had that feeling during the week as well, where I feel like we are so lucky and our counterparts in uh, the Eastern States are not enjoying our mm. freedoms. And you do feel a little bit, oh, yeah. It's, a, bit,
2: it's, a bit special, but also yeah, a bit blessed. like we don't want to be, you know, showing off and you know they'd be a little bit jealous but you know for everyone here (laughs) make it worthwhile for everyone get out there get be part of it and um yeah make the most of things
0: you just don't know it's around the corner make the most of, of of every opportunity that you do have and and speaking of covid you and I are now had our second jabs. I think the garden team, the Let's Talk Gardening team, is up to date. We're all jabbed, jabbed. up. We're all jabbed up. Yeah, I'm getting the thumbs oh. up out there from Bev and John. I don't know about you, but it took its toll. I lost half a day the other day. Um, yeah, I've, it's really weird because I, didn't, I always think I'm imagining everything. I felt very, very tired. Like <laughs> I was driving back home and I, I thought I could go to sleep at the wheel here. And I thought, don't be stupid, don't be stupid. And, I mean, I didn't allow myself to go to sleep when I got home I because I thought I was imagining it. Mm. And then I spoke to you and you said it knocked you cold. Well,
2: literally because I was trying to do the running sheet and get the show organised and I always do that Thursday and I felt so cold. I couldn't get warm and I felt so tired. I was just sitting at the computer going, I actually, like, my brain shut down and I just thought, I just... Need to Something's close my wrong. eyes and yeah. be warm. I went and laid on the lounge. And I'm sure out. the listeners don't care, but for two hours, the world just stopped, and that was it. I was out like a light.
0: Yeah. So, anyway,
2: yeah, here we are. And we did it. There's more, Ray. Uh, the Wildflower Society, Armadale Branch, are celebrating their 60 years. So, over this weekend, yes. there's lots happening up there. They've got walks, and there's an art display. There's photography. Uh, get, get up
0: there. We've yeah, been and... blessed with our perfect weather. Oh. So, yes, that's happening today and tomorrow.
2: And Sunday. Tomorrow yes. is Sunday. Some Friday to Sunday, the yep. Society will be celebrating an exhibition of wildflowers, botanical art and photography, entertainment, talks and guided wildflower walks to local reserves. So for more information, check the
0: website, Wildflowers wildflowersarmadale.com dot org dot au yeah no i think so. from what i've read that is quite a quite a sophisticated event too a lot oh, going on up there so it sounds like everyone's spoilt for choice out there what a busy
2: weekend yeah and exactly. i actually had trouble getting guests for the show because everyone's doing stuff were busy but yeah. i do have a lineup coming we've got All the right. likes of daryl hardy um who's got a new pest to share with us, oh. good or bad, I don't mm-hmm. know. Must can only be bad, I guess. Mark Tuchek, Darren Seenor, these people are all lined up, ready to join us
0: over the coming weeks. And speaking of guests, we're chatting with Annie Hill this morning from Open Gardens West Coast. Are oh, we still calling it West Coast or Open Gardens WA? <laughs> you Open haven't
2: Garden- updated. Open Gardens WA, but the, w- yeah. the website yes, is... Right. Um, still reverting to Open
0: Gardens West Coast. Oh, they need to update it. Okay, Uh, the Open Garden will be happening next weekend. We'll learn more about that in just a few minutes and that is going to be spectacular, I believe. It's at the Vines. And our studio guest this morning between 9 and 10 is Francis Smith. Now, he's the executive officer from Landcare in Serpentine and Jarrodale. He's got some interesting news and we're also touching a little bit on R U OK? Day as well mm. and uh, everything around that which was during the week wasn't it? Yes
2: and they mm. had an extraordinary day where lots of volunteers got together mm. and planted in the rain. So Why he not? will tell us more about that. Um, yeah often we think oh it's raining I won't get out there
0: but Gee, it, it makes a difference. You feel alive when you do, don't you? I think so. I don't. The rain doesn't really worry me greatly. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's just carry on, absolutely. Our rains are, yeah, at the moment, I mean, there was a drizzle around yesterday and I just sort of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you Worked know what happened
2: it? the other night? I went to bed and I heard this knock, knock or tap, tap on the window. Mm-hmm. And I thought, my, my bedroom window is under a veranda.
0: So, was it a bird? No, no.
2: but I went, I went outside the front door because I thought, I have to investigate this. Something quite hard knocked on the window. the window. And sneaky little devil, there were two frogs that hopped away <laughs> across the veranda. And they banged on your window. Yes. Pie. Yeah. Yes. So they, I guess, maybe couldn't see the glass and they probably thought they'd come in and say hi and dunk, dunk, dunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two things. Yes, if I didn't go out there straight away, I just wouldn't have found them. It was like, you know, when you were naughty kids, you might throw a little pebble onto someone's mm, roof and mm, wait for the people to come, come out.
0: out. <laughs> not that you, I ever you, did that. No, you wouldn't have done that. Not yeah. at all. All right. Now, do we have some emails to kick off with?
2: We do. Karen from Lansdale has titled this one, Untidy Front Garden Bed. Good morning, ladies. This is my small front garden bed. I'm over the bush flax plants and want to remove them and replace with something else. I'm quite attracted to cousin it plants and would appreciate your opinion on their suitability. The garden is on the west side of the house, so morning shade, mid and afternoon sun. It has reticulation. I'm open to other suggestions for suitable plants. Well, Karen... First thing I did was looked at this and uh, started drawing with a red pen. And what I would would do to Mm. to jazz up a garden, in your case there, I would actually get the spade and I would dig out more grass. So instead Mm. of having that that just bed across the front of the house, Mm. I would make it. Bigger and rounded, so either a semicircle shape or even uh, I don't know, something a bit concurve, it comes in and out and in again. So you've got this little curvy path or edge to it. Those plants that you're talking about are Dionella and they have little blue flowers and blue banded bees love them. Mm. And Yes, yours are looking a bit scrappy. So two things. One is you could go in, pull out all the dead bits and tidy them up. Instantly they will look better. But another rule that I have for gardening is you don't plant one of this and one of that. What we need to do is mirror what you've got in the garden. Mm. So I would pull them up and divide them and make multiples. So you might then split them into three or five or seven and dot them around Mm. where you dig this lawn out of. Um, I'd also think about planting something that's got a little bit of height. So if you're Mm. getting the afternoon Mm. sun, then what about a tree? I guess deciduous would be great for winter. We don't really have deciduous native trees. But a small gum, uh, like a silver princess, wouldn't block out light no. even in the winter time. Mm. So something that will attract birds. Add a bird bath. Um, mm. Add mm. a log or a burnt log. So you can really jazz it up. But using the plants that you've got, and then permission to go out and buy more. Well, um, that's
0: what she wants. Yes,
2: cousin, <laughs> Give it cousin, to it her. would be fine. There's yeah. some other floppy grasses. Yeah. Uh, Lamandras look very ones nice, out there. and. What I've talked about recently are plants that cover the ground, act as a living mulch, so they're suppressing weeds. So ground cover, grevilleas.
0: Mm.
2: Look, just get out to the garden centres, have a look at what's in flower now, uh, maybe buy some annuals and and mix it up so that you've got colour all year round. So that that's what I would do. Yeah.
0: Excellent advice. OK, 94841927. In a moment, we're chatting with Annie Hill uh, regarding the gorgeous open garden uh, happening next weekend. We'll be back in just a moment.
3: Radio. 23
0: minutes after eight, you are with Let's Talk Gardening. We're going straight out to chat with Annie Hill about her open gardening happening at the Vines next weekend. Annie, good morning. You're with Raine Faye. Good morning. Hi, Annie. What a glorious day. Oh, so beautiful. Just makes you want to jump out of bed. Sure does, yes.
2: (laughs) Oh, hopefully it's like this next weekend. I bet your garden is humming. Oh, my fingers are crossed that the sun is out
4: because it, of course, brings out all of those lovely blooms that are waking up and smiling at me right now. Oh, it sure does. So tell us a little bit about your garden. Well, we've been there for 15 years. Um, We planted some trees very early on because uh, it was the only thing I definitely knew I wanted was trees. And then we've been very busy in our own small business and just made everything survive for a while. And then the last five years, I've had a bit more time to uh, do what I'd really love to be doing, and that's out in the garden. And we've developed more uh, pathways and put in some infrastructure. I love pottery and pots and I have mm. a few quirky little things around that I've either made or found or discovered. And um, and then, of course, flowers. Flowers, flowers, flowers. I love uh, floral decoration and cut flowers. So most of my... Um, planting is based around being able to cut the flower and use it um, as gifts or in the house or dried flowers. I love too, So that's something I'm experimenting with at the moment.
2: Wow, that sounds amazing. And in your spare time, you're a volunteer for the Sister Project.
4: That's right. And um, next weekend will be a fundraiser for them. So the proceeds from the entry go to Sister Project, which is a group of Ellenbrook. Ladies, um, migrant and refugee women from all over the world are um, uh, gathering together to integrate into the community and share best practices on all sorts of things so that they can um, start small businesses, whether it be henna art or uh, hairdressing,
5: mm.
4: um, Barista training we do, English lessons, all sorts of things. And, um, you know, what I've learnt from these ladies has been wonderful.
2: And I understand the refreshments are done by the group as well. So what, what can um, visitors to your garden expect to be on the, the menu?
4: Oh, well, my favourite was requested, of course, is bar. Oh, Yum. yes, love, love, love. I don't know if they can make enough <laughs> oh. because of how much I love it. Um, and gozleme, which is yes. um, just a dough and, yeah, yummy, savoury, and we're going to, of course, the traditional sausage sizzle. You know, everyone needs a sausage and a,
0: and a <laughs> at an open, open garden. This yes, they going do. Going around the garden. <laughs> yes. And so your, your property is set on an anchor? Yes. And you have a beautiful pool, an infinity pool? That's
4: right. Absolutely. Um, and there's lots of little places to um, sit and relax. And that's what I really hope people uh, make the time to come along and, and just spend relax.
0: time. Bring their mm. children, mm.
4: spend their time, um, the birthday. Are amazing. Um, You know, I often wake up to kookaburras laughing at me because I'm up at six o'clock in the morning in the garden. No. (laughs) Mm.
2: So, there, and there's activities for the children as well? Yeah,
4: we've got a couple of art and craft projects, um, again, that the ladies will be helping with. uh, um, Origami flowers. Oh. So you have a little chance. Anyone doesn't have to be children. I love doing them to mm. sit down and and try an origami flower, or maybe colour in a mandala. Um, mandala, sorry. Um, yeah, just a few few relaxing garden activities for children and young at heart.
0: And Annie, <laughs> you have the honour of being the first open garden of the season. Which is very exciting. You're setting and the best. benchmark.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, the best thing for me about that is that then I can relax and go visit all everyone
0: the else's. <laughs> well, there Clever. is
2: method in your madness.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I have nothing to live up to.
0: <laughs> so, where where can uh, listeners come along and find you? Whereabouts is your property?
4: We're at 30 Vintage Lane in the Vines. So. Nice address. Been a few vintage wines uh, enjoyed in our uh, backyard too, which guests are welcome to bring along. Uh, oh. Obviously, we're not selling anything, but if you'd like to um, partake in a, a glass of wine on the back in the backyard with a lovely plate of gosleme, um it will be hopefully a
0: wonderful day.
2: Oh, Absolutely. that that just sounds lovely. It's conjuring up these images
0: in you my know, head. I know. Mm. <laughs> have people staying all day. How lovely. So that's next weekend, the 18th and the 19th of September, 10am to 4pm at 30 Vintage Lane, The Vines. And people can find out more information by going to Open Gardens WA. They can Google that and uh, get more information there if they, if they choose to. Look, we wish you all the luck on the first event of, of the season. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be an absolute corker. And uh, we hope to get there ourselves and have a look at uh, all your hard work, no doubt. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you, Annie. Bye. Go well. Bye. bye. Thank you, love. Cheers for that. Yes, I hope she does have a, a a big weekend and I'm sure it will be actually because there's a there's an appetite for it isn't there. Oh, there there sure is. And,
2: and you know a, a lot of the questions that we know. get in from people m- you know to see an open garden the inspiration
0: i was just about to say the lady mm-hmm. that we just talked about with her front garden get out there to some open gardens and get some ideas get some inspiration look at what other people are doing exactly. and growing
2: well and another an email has just come in from um dillian and she wants to know about protea plants where she can get them uh and mm what it takes to look after them. She she wonders about tips for care on them because she's had to recently discard two plants that have been in the garden since they moved in eight years ago. They seem to have been okay, but got very woody underneath and then died. Mm. So sometimes you'll, you'll visit a garden like this one that was established 15 years ago and you'll You'll speak to other gardeners who say, I've had similar problems. I know some some that I've seen appear to have got a disease before they die. So you start mm. to, to look and see what common problems there might be or how they manage them. So Annie said she likes to cut flowers and dry flowers. Proteas are perfect for that. So in the process of cutting back your flowers or cutting flowers, you're cutting back the plant. And we Mm. know how beneficial it can be to prune. It's effectively the same thing. Mm. So you, you learn how to manage plants and to keep them looking good all the time because if you're having an open garden there's no doubt you go around and you do the best you can, mm. usually for 12 months ahead, mm. getting the garden ready. In anticipation. You, you can't
0: just do it the week before. Oh, goodness, no. So, the, yeah, it's it's hard to describe the amount of work that we be going into this open garden. Annie, <coughs> yeah, she deserves a medal. Reward her by attending and uh, you're rewarding, Give it, doing yourself a big favour as well.
2: Well, it's it's a two-way street, these yes. open gardens. Mm. You you. Get out of it what you put into it, and it's mm. lovely to to meet members of Open Gardens and other like minded gardeners. That's what I love about all these events. You just come across one familiar faces family. all the time. It's not just about the plants; it's about community and friendships and sharing knowledge, inspiring and educating.
0: Indeed. Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. We could play a song. Oh I can't. Unless you have something else you'd like to say. Oh, I've always got things I'd like to
2: say, but more than happy to hear a song. Oh.
0: Roy Orbison working for the man. Do you think we're working for the man, Fair Cara?
2: Oh, we're working Who for we're... ourselves, right? <laughs> it's the
0: bigger picture. I like the way you think. All right, let's head to Carambine. Good morning, Diana. Hello. Good How morning.
6: Hello. Lovely, lovely day, thank you. Very good. How can we help you, Diana? I have a self-sown pawpaw tree. It just came up in paving under a pot. And uh, luckily, I think it must have been from compost or something. Luckily, there was a female and a male pawpaw tree
0: somewhere
6: else in the garden. And it's grown up a very strange sort of uh, gnarled stem coming up from under the pot. But uh, we have fifty-two popos on the street. It's wow. unbelievable. Wow! they Huge, large and small. Now I've got two mm-hmm. questions. They're getting bigger. Well, some of them are getting towards football size now. God! And my, um, it's amazing. My question is: Do we remove some of the smaller ones? Because some of them are really uh, um, quite small, smaller than a tennis ball. Some of them. And will they just ripen on their own or do you pick them and bring them inside to ripen?
2: Well, they will ripen on their own, but I would be concerned about the number and the size that you have there because um, the tree can only support so much. So you may have to add something that that helps hold it. The other thing that you can do is pick some of them green and uh, make something you can... There's lots of recipes for green exactly. pawpaws. Yes. Like, I like... thought they needed to
6: be thinned out somehow, you
2: mm.
3: know.
2: So I'm sure John could come up with a few uh, ideas for for your pawpaws. Uh, yes. Would I take, not sure that I would take the little ones off. I think if you were to take the bigger ones off, yes, then the smaller ones will regrow. That's how you would get the maximum... Uh, volume off the tree
6: yes yes we've been feeding it regularly and watering it in 10 years. it's unbelievable it's it the most really amazing is. thing mm-hmm. yes so all right and do they get a disease or not because I do notice some of them have got sort of white um, that almost looks as if you know a poor, poor skin has got a sap in it
2: yes and sometimes uh, piercing insects can Put a hole in the skin and the sap can come out. So piercing and sucking
6: insects could do that. Yes, but they're not likely to to ruin the whole pawpaw, I don't think.
2: The whole fruit. Yeah.
6: Mm,
2: Not sure about that one. I'm not sure what pests might be a problem.
6: Oh, it might, you think. Well, we can't be spraying and so on, I don't think. Yes, all right. That's okay. All well right. done. <laughs> I'm just watching and thinking the only thing I think that could get at them is rats. Yeah. Oh. Well, right. You, you mm. can't stop rats, can you? They run well, up everything. <laughs> uh,
2: barriers and um, so making sure there's nothing they can jump from, so trees that uh, are, are close to it.
6: And uh, it's next to a wall. It's next yeah. to Oh, a okay. Wall. I think they've had it as far as rats go. Okay.
2: Yeah, you'd know there'd be a big difference between a piercing and sucking insect
6: and the damage that a rat would do. Yes, yes, of course. No, I realise
0: that.
2: All right. Okay, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye. Thanks,
0: Thanks, Diana. Bye. -bye. Bye-bye. I always remember when I used to go up to Atherton Up in the uh, tablelands in, in, Out of Cairns uh, A lot of pawpaws grow in those areas And they just used to slice open the pawpaws Lime juice over the top And a little sprinkling of black pepper mm. And it was perfection, you didn't have to do anything else Alright, let's head to Byford Bev, good morning
2: Hi Bev Hello, Hello.
7: is
4: that me? Yes. yes Oh yeah, it's Beck, B-E-C Oh okay, Beck, sorry No, that's okay um, morning, um, but I just wanted to ask some questions about, I'm quite um, vigilant with my weeds in my backyard, um, but I don't want to waste um, the greenery side of it. And I would like to know how to use it within my compost, So, but not by um, reseeding, I guess, when I do put sure. the compost
2: on the garden, yeah. What's, what's the go with using your weeds in the compost? Well, certainly with compost, hot composting will kill most weed seeds if it gets hot enough. I wouldn't recommend that you put in uh, weeds like Oxalis that may have a bulb, and you yeah. wouldn't want to put in anything like Kaikuya or cooch because yep. they can just keep going. But an alternative to that is soaking them in water so that the weeds actually break down before you put them into compost and of course then you can make weed tea and all the nutrients go back into the water it is a pretty stinky mess but it is a great way to recycle nutrients so working out what weeds you have and if they are a potential to to spread to stay alive and or then you've still got uh, worm farms or worms can get into compost if it's not hot enough and break them down that way too.
5: Excellent. And so
4: so speaking of the grass weed or the kukuyu and cooch and stuff, so how do I make tea from that? What are, what's the process there?
2: Just a bucket and yeah. just fill it up with water and you just let them soak for weeks and weeks. Okay, until it like, gets smelly? Uh, beyond when it gets smelly. Uh, just <laughs> don't get it don't right. spill it on your yeah. feet or hands because mm. it's there for days yeah. <laughs> almost oh, yeah.
4: oh God okay, so that would be just a bucket out of the back somewhere just fill it up with
0: water and
2: yeah and away away from the kids and dogs
0: yeah <laughs> yeah okay awesome all right thank you so much ladies you're welcome Good have a great you. day thanks Beck yeah, cheers bye. bye bye for now bye. back shortly. You're listening to Faye and Ray on Let's Talk Gardening. The team is standing by to assist you. 94841927. You look like you're about to say something. Well, just this
2: email that I hadn't finished answering the question on, Ray, from Gillian. She wanted to know where to buy Proteas. Proteas. Mm-hmm. And John has had a, a search around. He's found uh, Muche Tree Farm and Guildford Garden Centre have them. You will also get them in the local hardware stores, but often these plants will come in when they're in flower. Mm-hmm. So certainly spring to summer mm-hmm. uh, is is when you'll see them. And there's such a range and they're, they're wonderful as pick flowers. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, the benefit of that is that the plants are getting cut back so you end up with bushier plants, healthier plants and um, and more blooms.
0: And I know bigger trees stock proteas as well. Mm. What about places like Xantharia and Australian Native Nursery?
2: Uh, Australian Native Nurseries don't. They're they specifically... Don't. Yeah. Uh, a, Native. A, and West Australian mm. Natives mm. predominantly. Mm. Uh, and, of course, the proteas are South African. Mm. So... But this it's interesting, isn't it? I know years ago I used to look at the, the plant stands in the nurseries and, and they'd have native plants, but you'd have things there from South yeah. Africa and New Zealand, um, which was very misleading. And I know yeah. in the early days I used to get caught out. But the thing about that is those plants will tolerate the same sort of conditions. Yeah. They're water-wise, they're hardy. Uh, that they're zoned so that yeah. they only need the same amount of watering mm. as a native. Treatment, so the treatment, you know, yeah, exactly. maybe once or twice a week mm. for the mm. best results. Now, last weekend we got a query from Jessica about a grevillea that was it was looking pretty daggy um, on one side. It was very damaged and dying off, and I'm not sure that we got to answer this fully. But what I would do is go in and investigate the problem. You may find that there's a broken branch and this has compromised the nutrient and moisture getting to that part of the plant and that's why it's died off. So go back, make a nice cut with clean secateurs into healthy growth. Mm. Cut off what's dying, dead and diseased. And we do this with any plants, like the earlier question about the... uh, What would they call the dinellas? So you go into any plant, weed away anything that's competing for moisture and nutrients, Mm. cut back anything dying, dead, diseased, so that what you've got there is healthy growth. And then maybe make sure the soil is topped up around the roots so the roots aren't exposed a bit of mulch, maybe some organic fertiliser or probiotic, something that will break down and improve the soil. You've got to be very careful about adding fertiliser, particularly granules, where they're shallow roots because that can have the opposite effect by burning the roots and mm. setting the plant back. So you want to be careful with those plants and maybe give it um, seaweed or fish tonics. Okay. And that will help it along. It, not a fertiliser, no. but it will help the plant regain its figure. Strength, and yeah. At this time of year, a lot of plants are looking daggy. They're coming out of winter. It's been very cold and very wet. wet yes. And we're going into warmer weather where they're starting to put on new growth. So, so just, just help them a little bit. Time for
0: a little bit of extra care. When I was feed. weeding
2: this week, you know, I, I was asking myself the question, why do we weed? And some of my grevilleas that have only been planted less than twelve months have actually struggled because the weeds really have gotten competing. in there, and they're they're like Taking. up above yeah. the grevilleas, and yes, they they've compromised it. They're struggling in the root zone, and mm. the grevillea can't get what it what it needs. So, mm. good reason to weed.
0: Yeah, get you in know, there, bit your, by bit.
2: Your good tidy up the garden. Check on the health. If something's dying back give it a little cut back, tizzy yeah. up the soil, make sure it's getting water. A lot of people would recommend wetting agents because some soil is actually really dry, dry still.
0: It is, it is. Yeah, I was talking to someone Who would during have the thought? week. Yeah, I think perhaps also the winds as well that mm. we have, they are a factor in drying the soils out. But yeah, people dig down and believe it or not, even after all of this rain, the, the grounds are dry. It's amazing, isn't it? Such they is sure our soil.
2: Now, Nyssa has sent in about her snotty gobble, which has produced seeds, and she's direct sown some of them in the garden but would like to bring the rest on in pots. How do I go about this, please? The original tree came from a Kings Park plant up very timely, uh, but they grow in the area naturally. Well, I know that there was a really... Uh, poor strike rate with snotty gobbles we we have talked about this before i will get john to look into this nissa uh, because it it's yeah a, a little bit difficult it's a terrible name
0: don't you think snotty
2: gobble the <laughs> <Persoonia. laughs> actually there is also a specific bee that pollinates pers- persoonia plants okay mm. Just as a little bit of useless information for
3: the <laughs> listeners out there. All right, nine
0: four eight four one nine two seven. You know what? I think I'll give away the bigger tree seventy five dollar gift voucher whilst we do have space for it. The immaculate, fabulous family run bigger trees nursery. You'll find everything you're looking for up there. They are open Thursdays to Sundays, and they have a fabulous website. They're located in Pickering Brook, but biggertrees.com.au. And you spell bigger, B-I-G-G-A, in case you want to search them. Here's my question. There's another curly one from John. He certainly, I think he really turns this into a mission each week oh, to come <laughs> up with a left of field question. In Middle English, and this harks back to the 12th century, which plant would we be describing if we use the term bollock bollockwort? So you must be a Curtin FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Give Beb a call on 94841927. I shall repeat the question in Middle English. Which plant would we be describing if we use the term bollock wart? Bollock wart. Bollock wart. There's, well, it... that goes hand in hand with snotty gobble, please. <laughs> We're all class on this show. <laughs> give fair for call. It's a little bit difficult, but you can blame John for that. But you need to earn your $75 gift voucher from Vigertree. So uh, go to it, 94841927. If, so, if something doesn't sound right, don't you just go, oh, Bollocks. People do. A lot of English people oh, still you, say bollocks. It it's wonders, a quite a common well,
2: saying. Well, you wonder where it comes from, don't you? Well, or I John? do. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, well, actually, I do know because this is part of that, that All question. right, we'll come back to that. Okay. All right, we'll be back in a moment.
3: Curtain Radio.
0: Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Now, we do have a winner, somebody obviously... Quite intelligent. Uh, we were just wondering how people work this out. Unless you go and Google, is that or something. how you work out intelligence, Ray? Well, <laughs> clearly define intelligence, but they obviously knew the answer to this.
2: Because I, I wouldn't have had a clue before yeah. I
0: wrote. Yeah, it depends, before. as you said, it depends on the parameters of their knowledge and what they how they came to, to be aware of the answer because I think it is something most people might go and have a, have a bit of a Google on. So the question was in Middle English, which harks back to the 12th century, that's Middle English, which plant would we be describing if we use the term bollock wart? And the answer is orchids based on bollock, which means testicle because of the shape of the bulbs of the orchid and wart meaning plant. And there you go. go. There's the term bollocks. That's where it uh, is derived from. But it actually means that we're referring to orchids. So uh, congratulations. We'll get your details up online uh, shortly and uh, give you a shout out uh, for someone that uh, obviously had that in their (laughs) repertoire of knowledge, some compartment in their brain. We don't know. (laughs) Yes, I'm
2: keen to find out how how one would have remembered that.
0: (laughs) And Why? Well, it's funny what does stick in our mind, isn't mm-hmm. it? Depends on, yeah, what your interests are yeah, mm. and uh, what their learnings are. And uh, Nicka from Rollystone. Nika, Nissa, Nissa? Nissa. Nissa. Oh, Do you know Nissa?
2: Well, well, we were just talking about the snotty gobble. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I'd love to have a chat with Nissa. She has sent us some amazing emails over the years and one I remember she she witnessed... A lizard giving birth in her garden. Oh, do you remember that one? Now
0: I remember. Yeah, yes,
2: she I sent do. us a photo. Yes, uh, just after it had one of them had been born. I see. Yes. Okay, so, so her a... garden. She's really got a habitat garden, and yes, obviously is trying to grow snotty gobbles. And I wonder if Nissa has had an open garden, or if she does share her garden with gardening people. Because mm. Perth Garden Club are always looking for venues to visit. Yes, mm.
0: yes. Okay. 94841927. We'll be going to the 9am very soon. Jim Cronin will be... Playing you the classic 70s. And I was working out yesterday, you and I, we are 70s music girls, aren't we? Because we were born in the 60s. We won't <laughs> say exactly when, but we were born in the 60s. So our, our repertoire, what we remember, is very much aligned to the 70s and 80s. Mm. Yes. So Jim will be playing classic 70s from and today. And I am. wonder
2: what it is that that gives you a, an
0: affinity with certain music. It's, well, certainly we learn genres, but a lot of us, our impression of music is established when we're young teenagers. Young teenagers. Yeah, like when you're around about the age of 14, I believe.
2: Well, I remember when when I was about grade six and we went on a cruise and back in those days we had... Cassette players, and yes. we would listen to the radio, mm. and there there'd be kung fu fighting on, or what, Crocodile you, and,
0: Rock. And would you record
2: it? Oh on yes, the, yeah, you know yeah. you you're waiting for that beginning, and you press the play and record button, and then the announcer goes and says something over the top of it the ruins music. It. It's like, oh no,
0: <laughs> and then
2: you've got to pay attention and and stop at the end. And yes, we used to make our own tapes. Yeah,
0: of course, that's how we did it back mm. then. It's hilarious how far we've come.
2: And you know, kids today would no know when, when I moved some of some things from our old family home. Some of those treasures kept popping up. You know, the boombox, the clock radio mm. uh, that had a cassette player in mm. it, one that I bartered for and bought in Sydney, um, Singapore, in Change Alley when I was about twelve or thirteen. You know, all these little memories and and different things that we grow up with. They were good days, weren't they? It, yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking the digress. other day my my granddaughter came over, and you know she likes Eddie's iPad, so she gets there and she flicks, and you know oh, they they're they, so just. used to that. Mm. But she actually got the lid off a um acrylic container, and it was brown and and she thought it was an iPad with nothing on the screen and she's, she's kind swiping of
0: swiping <laughs> away yeah oh my or,
2: goodness or when the grandson picked up um, Eddie's phone and tried swiping swiping
0: the phone he's he's not that his phone's not that yeah,
2: clever. and and a lot of the phones you just press the buttons mm. on they're there ain't no swipe.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it's it's a whole different world out there these days. And uh, do we want to keep up? I guess we have to, to a degree, to participate. <sighs> well, how things have changed. You know, when we used to be
2: organising our social life and what to go and where, where to go and who with on a Friday night, we'd be standing in the corner of the kitchen with the phone And, oh, I'll ring you back. And you'd hang up the phone. You'd be stuck there attached with the cord. And then you'd ring this person and that person and work out what band you were going to see. (laughs) The bands of the 80s.
0: There you go. (laughs) All right. It's awfully quiet. I'll let you do another email. All
2: right. So this one's come in from Jen. And she sent in some photos of some blueberry leaves. They're they're very dark and spotty. Mm. It it could be the fact that we've come out of winter and plants will be looking like that. It could have been too wet and too cold. So it may be a case of the new growth is going to outgrow this. But check the pot, if it's in a pot, check the roots. The potting mix may need to be refreshed. It may, you know, have gone very gluggy and there's no air getting through. It could even be that the hole is blocked in the bottom of of the pot, Mm -hmm. and so water that gets in there fills up and it can't drain away. So all those things to look out for. It could be fungal, in which case you would treat it with a fungicide, something that is is safe to use on edible plants. But with these plants, it's best, John said, to use as a preventative. There is a very good chance that with the warmer weather, it will outgrow this. So just yeah. just keep an eye on it and determine what the overall health of the plant is as we move into the warm weather.
0: I must say we had very good feedback last week when we had Bob Melville on there. People really enjoyed his straight down the line, no <laughs> nonsense kind of uh, information. Everyone enjoyed it. It's nine o'clock. degrees. We're heading for a mostly sunny day. The maximum will be 19. Overnight, you can expect a chilly minimum of six. The maximum tomorrow will be 19, mostly sunny. And ditto for Monday. The minimum will be six. It will be sunny and a maximum of 19. And our rainfall so far for September is 30.2 mils. The average 10-year average is 76.4 mils. So 30.2 mils so far for September Last year we had 77.8, so see how we go. Certainly rained overnight, didn't it? Surely did. Now, we have our special guest in the studio this morning, Francis Smith from... You're the Executive Officer of Landcare in Serpentine, Jarrodale. That's right. Good morning. Thank you for trekking in. Appreciate it.
1: Not a problem at all.
0: Tell us a little bit about you, which is a sweeping question. You're just telling us some very interesting facts that you used to be here at Curtin University...
1: Yeah, that's right. I started in 1992. I was studying
0: uh, a business horticulture
1: um, hmm. and ended up uh, doing some tutoring with uh, horticulture, viticulture and aquaculture students, uh, mostly in business units, and then came back and uh, did a master's in accounting. So,
0: And where did that take you?
1: Landcare SJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been there for... I've been there for about 16 years. Wow, yeah.
0: Okay. And what day to day tell us about your work, what you do there?
1: Well, uh day to day well is that too too <coughs> harder? No, not really. Um with with the business and accounting qualifications, mm. I did start as the finance officer and uh spent a few years doing that and uh, uh picked up some project work and over the years just became the executive officer. After mm. a few people left, mm. and uh, uh, so day to day, we we really look at mostly around Serpentine jarradale area. Uh, we've got a good relationship with the Shire of Serpentine jarradale They're mm. our main funding partner, and uh, and so we do a lot of uh, uh, environmental restoration and uh, 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 along the river, uh, along the Serpentine River, and in the and in the reserves, a lot of Shire reserves. Um, uh, over the recent years, we've taken up some uh, additional work with revegetating a, a mine site out there, mm. uh, and we've also got uh, uh, some nest boxes. We make uh, artificial nest boxes for black cockatoos. It's been a project. Fabulous. It's been a project they started in two thousand mm. and five, uh, and it's actually come a long way. Uh, we've even been sending some of those nest boxes over to new south wales and queensland recently um, for the glossy black cockatoo over there uh, for their recovery programs after the not 2019 20 mm, black summer or yeah. bushfire and so yeah it's a great it's a great project but the the nest boxes are really designed initially for our black cockatoos yeah. in wa
0: It's been successful. Do you rely on a lot of volunteers?
1: We do have a lot of volunteers. Um, So Landcare SJ is basically an umbrella group uh, uh, for the local community environmental groups. Mm. Um, We're a community association, that's our business structure, uh, and we work with uh, different groups in each of the localities within the shire. Uh, we also work with uh, some some groups in the Shire of Murray, uh, but our, our key operations are in Serpentine Jarrodale.
0: Hmm, interesting. And so we know there's been a discovery. How much can we talk about that in your...
1: Okay. Um... You don't want to talk about it very much <laughs> at all. We've been squeezed. Uh, no. Look,
2: look, look, we don't have many people listening here, Francis, right, so right. it's just between us. I've
1: already had a couple of messages this morning. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Uh, no, look, uh, it's it's been long known that mm. there are mainland quokkas and uh, they're right along the Darling Scarp, I'd expect. Uh, mm. We've probably got other s- species that we don't see too much of, like the chuditch or things like that as well. Um, but, yeah, we found some... Uh, w- we Installed a camera trap recently, and we got some fabulous photos of uh, of a quokka um, at one of the mainland quokkas. And uh, I suppose just like uh, on Rottnest, uh, the photo looks like the quokka's got a big smile.
3: Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, but he's not he's not as uh, what's the word domesticated, for example, as they are in Rotto.
1: Well, I think the ones at at Rottnest Island uh, have had exposure to. That's it. To people mm. forever, yeah. Um, uh, whereas these ones are really wild populations, mm. and uh, it, it, it's fabulous to to confirm. And yeah, our our post went viral, basically. Well, really? as viral as we've ever had a post, yeah.
0: Really. Well,
2: I, when I looked yesterday, because Francis kind of was reluctant to talk about the Quokka find yeah. but when i looked at the post there was 242 shares so mm. I That's could right. tell the words out
1: yeah no and uh, i think the reach was about 40,000 oh, which is fabulous yeah. um, Goodness. hundreds of comments mm. uh, 700 likes for, mm. for us for a small little group like yeah. ours uh,
0: put the spotlight on um, yes. and yeah. of course
2: the the risk or the fear is that these are interfered with So what we're not doing is sharing the location because to protect them, they need to be left alone. But knowing that they're there, and it was only a few weeks ago we talked about different marsupials that are out in the bush and Mm. people don't know about them. I think this is a really special way to to let listeners and, and members of the public know that there are. Precious animals in the bushland. Just because yeah. we can't see them, doesn't mean they're doesn't not there. They're not there. Mm. And, and surveillance like these camera traps is a fantastic way to to record that information. And sometimes we have to prove to fight that land is worth fighting for, because people just see it as oh, it's just bush, it's just scrub. Mm. But That's right. It's so important.
1: That's right. And you know, this week we we were so excited about the news that. Uh, that forestry operations are stopping in our uh, in our forests yeah um, but the issue is we've got these small populations of uh, uh, remaining wildlife mm. in an area that's being heavily mined and the darling scarp has mining tenements from one end to the other and uh, it's really unfortunate like uh, if you've been up there uh, along kingsbury drive you'll see complete like hectares of just totally cleared bushland and it's such a tragedy we've got one jarra forest in the world it's here in WA and and jarra grows in that area because of the mineral the soil type plants are endemic because of soil types and um, the best jarrah grows on the high above the highest grade ore. So, if you remove the ore, are we going to be able to mm. honestly revegetate mm. that land? And how long does it take for an ecosystem to get back into balance? Mm. I, I, Not in our lifetime. And mm.
2: I, I don't think you can just re, revegetate an area and think that you put it's it all back now. together. There yeah. are there are mm. so many unknowns. And I know the the stopping on the logging is fantastic, but I also realise that this won't affect the mining. You know, they can still That's mine. Correct. That's and correct. And so it's good on one side, but it's not the whole story.
1: I think the tide's turning. You know, um, uh, those, those tenements were issued back in the 60s or whenever uh, when... I suppose there was a little bit of a different attitude. Um, uh, you know, we're talking about you know we're in a climate crisis, mm. uh, and with all the changes, I think the social licence is no longer there for the mining companies to be to be taking that, or particularly in such precious ecosystems like the Jarrah Forest. It's a it's a stunning place to be.
2: Mm. So, Francis, you mentioned. Revegetating and getting the community involved. I know you had a wonderful day this week, a day where it was a bit drizzly and a few people got together. And tell tell okay. us about that. What well, that day was about. I, I think
1: you underestimated when you said a bit drizzly. That would be Thursday, <laughs>
0: would it? That would be Thursday. It was Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So uh, a few years ago, our board decided that we would hold an annual. Are you U OK? Planting Day on Are You U OK? Day. Mm. And uh, it, it started off with about 30, 35 people. Um, this year we actually expected around 100 people to attend, uh, but we got 60 on a day where I think there was 20 odd mils of rain in wow. the local area. And mm. I know myself, it took me a very long time to dry out yeah. and thaw out. but. The message of R U OK? Day is fabulous in the community. Um, and it really gives us the opportunity to talk to people, whether they're our friends, our family, or complete strangers. And this mm-hmm. is one of the things about R U OK? Day. Um, and in the rain, it was amazing. People carrying their trays of seedlings down to the re area. Yeah. Uh, I had people say to me, oh, you know, uh, I was planting by myself, and they said, "Come over and plant with us." And you know, everyone was having a good time. People ask, you know, directly or indirectly, "Are you okay?" Mm-hmm. Uh, we start the conversation. Um, the planting day is really uh, once you get your hands in the soil. There's a there's a benefit. You yes. have this benefit, and 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 it it sort of helps your mental state. Correct. Now, when you're planting in the rain. It's a really special thing. You're mm. more part of nature because you're actually in the rain.
0: We were talking about that earlier, weren't we? Mm. But being in the rain doesn't worry us. We just continue yes. on. Yes, yeah. and
1: that was the same attitude that everyone there had. Mm. They were getting wet. They were getting soaked through. Yeah, it just is. They, <laughs> they were, they were, but they were, yeah. you know, they were really having Happy. a good time. We had a couple of tree lopping companies join mm. us as well, and one of them's actually a sponsor really? sponsor of our. Uh, of of our are you okay day, mm. um, uh, some of the guys there had cleared the area of an invasive black wattle species that's oh. really taken over up there. Mm. Um, we've cleared about a hectare. Uh, the community the community in Jarrahdale is amazing. They have continued to clear and trim and remove those black wattle over the past six eight months, uh, and and the company that removed. The trees for us were there to help us replant, and you should have seen how happy those chaps were. You know, Mm. it's when you when you work in that field. I suppose there's not a lot of little pruning that goes on. It's it's wholesale removal, Mm. and so yeah, it was it was a fabulous day, and the planting is just to get people together. Mm. But the, 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 the key factor of the whole morning is our morning tea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Your stomach. Of course it is. Well you <laughs> I'm know, teasing.
1: Well we have uh the Jared Heritage Society mm. put together the morning tea and it's all that country home cooking. The best. Right? The it best. Is the best mm. and the and you, you just can't you just can't believe how much enjoyment the people, people get, get from, from that. that. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of that is those conversations that were started down in the planting Carry are on. continued around the morning tea. Mm. And people leave well, hopefully, with a better mental state in a better mental state. By contributing. They, that's right. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. it's just it's just a fabulous day and I love it. It's probably the highlight of my year to oh be honest. Oh my goodness. Mm. Well, thank
0: you for sharing that. And we'll
2: we'll come back yeah. to that. But yes, yeah, so we'd like to hear more about how people can get
0: involved. Mm, absolutely, but we have a
2: couple of calls coming in. We hey? do.
0: We're in Rangaroo talking about a native frangipani. Leslie, how are you?
8: Oh, hello there. Good morning, girls. Morning. Um, my, my concern is is about my, my frangipani. Only uh, yesterday, um, I noticed something dead, sort of hanging from near the top, and I thought, what's happened there? And I went and investigated and it must have been uh, blown off by the winds we had just recently. And um, the only way I could get it off, like it was just hanging there by a piece of bark. But my inquiry is what can I do... To that area where it's been like it's, the branch has been blown off so mm. that it was just so that it broke off and it
2: stripped down so I can okay. do anything right. I can put round that right. front too. Leslie on our board it says native frangipani now I just need to clarify is it a native frangipani or is it Oh yes most certainly. Okay yes they, they can be quite weak and susceptible to strong winds. What you would probably do, is just cut below where it's broken. They do respond very well to pruning and it will reshoot. And these are a, a tree that often can become tall and spindly and by pruning you'll get a, a tighter, bushier, more compact tree. Oh, right. So you're advising to cut beneath beneath
8: where the wound is? Yes, right over yes. I what, shall do that yeah.
2: this day. Because the damage is already done. All that you're doing is is cleaning it up and uh, making it look tidy and cutting back to where would be appropriate to keep the bush or to keep the tree a nice shape.
3: Yeah.
2: okay. Thanks very much. You're there. welcome, I was Leslie. was concerned
8: I don't want to lose the tree. Oh, no. No. It's two and a half years old. It's magnificent. It looks older than that. Looks older than that, but um, I will take your
0: advice and okay. I'll get out the store. A little yep. bit later.
2: Well done. They're very fast growing and they're a lovely tree. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. All Good right.
0: luck. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Leslie. Okay, we do have to have a short break. Uh, we, we've got a couple of questions on the board that we will respond to on the other side. 22 minutes after nine, you are tuned into Let's Talk Gardening. Our special guest this morning is Frances Smith, the Executive Officer of Landcare in Serpentine and Jaredale. Question for you, Frances uh, Norma has phoned in and uh, she'd like you to comment. So, this is your opinion. Uh, she read recently that an expert suggested we keep native animals as pets to save them from extinction. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, well, I think that native animals have a wide territory that they inhabit uh, and I don't think I don't think we can keep wild animals. they're not domesticated. I don't think we no. can keep them in our backyards. I think that um, there's so much more to know and they're part of the ecology and ecosystem. I think I can understand. Uh, I can understand someone suggesting that.
0: It's well intended. That's right. But
1: um, a lot of those projects to keep animals from extinction uh, through zoological programs, like you have a look at what the Perth Zoo's got there, they do a a great job with some of our animals. Um, But, yeah, as a domestic pet, I'm not too sure about that. I know that some animals are kept, particularly birds and probably reptiles. Uh, But you know, I I don't know about having a quokka or a chuditch or a Mm. or or a kangaroo as a pet, unless you've got, unless they are free to roam. Um, Yeah, I I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a a native animal as a pet. I don't think. No. Yeah.
2: I'd rather support the bush for them to live in. Yeah. Quite right. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. We have to change
1: our we have to change our attitudes and act fast that's you know everyone's talking about the climate emergency we're seeing it we're seeing fires and floods and you know a year's rain in yeah. an hour in places mm. it's yeah. uh i think we really need to address some broader environmental issues um uh, to to save ourselves as well like mm. i think you know, we're a species as well and yeah. uh, and we'll go down with the others in in mm. that in that extinction event if if that's what happens.
0: Interesting comment. Now Kathy of Bullsbrook has called in. Now she's got brown brown spots on the leaves of her hippie asters. Faye, can mm. you advise? Uh, often spots on
2: leaves can be fungal or bacterial. Mm. You'd probably need a microscope to determine the difference. Uh, look at where they're growing, what sort of conditions they've been grown in. Have they been getting enough sun? Are they out in the weather? Has the spot come about by attack from a pest? Mm. Or was it in an area that it may have been affected by hail? Like we would really need... More
0: information. Need, yes, and a, a, picture, a photo a would help.
2: And, mm. But other than that, a lot of plants will recover it's like at this time of year there'll be a hangover from the cold, wet weather and the storms we've had. So putting them, if they're in pots, into an area where they're getting more sun mm. and able to dry out because yeah. it's been cold and wet. So it may just be signs of that.
0: My my hippie at home, I have him in a pot and he's starting to push up some mm. some lovely stems actually, and I was noticing that. So it's already kicking away. Oh, the, they look like the, little spears coming out of the ground. Yeah. The weather
2: that we've had, the, yeah. the sunshine that we've had has just And then a about, little bit of rain. It's that recipe. It's that perfect recipe, isn't it? And Wanda has sent us in a photo. She said she's found donkey orchids in natural bush in Huntingdale. And um, the bush is attached to sports fields. Lots of wildflowers now starting to bloom there. Heaps of kangaroo paws. And this is the thing, you know, when we, we look at our native animals or our, our native plants, if you went through the bushland in summer or in autumn, you, you wouldn't see signs of some of our orchids. There is a lot happening underground, as Eva mm. Ricky calls it, the zoo beneath, beneath our, our feet. feet. Mm. We cannot just replicate or regenerate an area when we don't fully understand what is happening underneath we've we've got the fungi, we've got the slime molds there's the little insects and the microflora that all happen as well I know there's a lot of evidence about all these things but we don't know everything yet
0: correct <laughs> like it thank you
2: okay and now Elizabeth has sent in an email about fungus and she says thank you for a great show there is always something new to learn she has a cooch lawn facing east that gets very little protection from hot gully winds of summer last year one area that suffered the most had some unusual mushrooms they were skinny with pale stems and green underneath oh Mm -hmm. doesn't that sound awesome by the end of summer That area was much more lush than the rest of the yard. Aha, which makes me think maybe this was a mycorrhizal fungi, which, as we know, has benefits to plants that it has a symbiotic relationship with. Uh, The area is a triangle of about one and a half metres long and half as wide. So she has two questions. The first is, what can I do to support their growth into the future? Well, Elizabeth... Probably just keep doing what you're doing because yeah. it's happy and we don't know what that is yet. Mm. The other is if and when that happens next year, get a compact mirror and take a photo, leaving the mushroom where it is because it is the fruiting body. By putting a compact mirror down on the lawn, you will get an image of the gills and mm. the colour. You'll also be able to see the stem. And then we can identify it. So once we know what that mushroom is, then we can know more about what it might have a relationship with. Yeah, advise. So Mm. the second is, are they likely to have a similar good health effect on a rose at the edge of the lawn space? And she says she doesn't use fungicides. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. If it's mycorrhizal, it may have a relationship with certain plants or it may be the lawn itself because you've probably heard about fairy rings. Yes, I and see this, them. Mm. This often happens. Mm. Uh let's let's take it one step at a time. Let's get to identify those mushrooms and that will maybe tell us what the a, relationship a is. Yeah. Possibly not the rose, I would say. Okay, mm. thank
0: you. All right, let's head to Gosnells. We're chatting with Veronica about a dwarf orange tree. Good morning. Good
2: morning.
8: Good morning, ladies.
6: Hi.
0: Uh, my problem
8: with my dwarf orange tree as uh, so it we've had it in for a couple of years, but it doesn't. It looks um, it looks alive, uh, but it hasn't grown anything since we put it in. Could you help us, please? Mm,
2: a couple of years. Well, that doesn't sound good, and I i guess you've put it in the ground, Veronica?
8: Yes, yes. Okay.
2: Uh, what, what sort of soil do you have there, and how did you prepare it? Oh, it's sandy,
8: and I think we put a bit of compost in it.
2: Right. So it it may need more, Um uh-huh. And certainly ongoing. So you could add things that you could add over the top would be a compost and clay around the root zone. You want to protect the roots because they are shallow rooted. So very often we would use a good mulch but not in around the trunk of the tree. Right. You can add... Uh, different amendments to the soil, organic fertilisers that will break down and help feed the soil. So there's there's probiotics, there's uh, things like Dynamic Lifter and Rooster Booster and um, other similar products that actually turn sandy soil into more muddy soil. Right. You, you don't need a lot of those. And then you can also use... Fertilisers that are slow release, yes, and mm-hmm. that will also help. So, yes, not everything all at mm-hmm. once. A little bit and often, and mm-hmm. uh, provided it gets all the moisture it needs, I'm sure it will grow. Mm-hmm. Would
8: lime help at all, please?
2: Well, not necessarily. Um, if you if you wanted to know if it would help. Then you would take a pH test of the soil, hmm. but you can also right. tell by the leaves if it is uh, if it's yellow, then mm-hmm. it may be locking out iron because the pH may be too high. In which case, adding lime will not help. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't recommend adding one of anything if you don't if you don't know. But a lot of these other products are uh, right across the board. They're a mix. They have macronutrients and trace elements. So the mm-hmm. plant then has more access to more of what it needs.
8: Okay. Thank you very much indeed, ladies. You're welcome. And have a nice day.
0: Thanks, Veronica. Go well. You're welcome. Cheers for that. Bye. Thank and you.
2: Can I just say, citrus trees take about three to five years to establish, establish. fruit. Yeah. The fact that it doesn't appear to be growing... Um, doesn't mean it's not And once again... Mm. Cutting out anything that's dead, dying, or diseased, so that you've got a nice framework, Healthy. and the plant can put its energy into some new shoots. But sun is also
0: important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, all the all the right ingredients. Let's head to Safety Bay. Question for Frances. Good morning, Tanya. How's it going?
9: Good morning. Fine, thank you, ladies. I'm a little bit nervous today for some reason. <laughs> so. Um, I'm I'm just trying to say to Francis that the Serpentine Jarrodale Show are doing an absolutely brilliant job of rehabilitating all this mining area that has been destroyed. Um, I actually speaking from a personal experience here. I've actually lived in Jarrodale for quite a while. And with the mining, uh, we had a creek that flowed all year round for 24 hours a day. And after the mining, a lot of it disappeared. And I don't think uh, the water disappeared. And I don't think a lot of people realise the damage that the actual mining does where they use explosives to get down to the ore. And um, I know personally of someone up in Jarrodow, his uh, water flow doubled overnight. Gosh. Suddenly. Yeah. Because there was explosions around. And I don't think that a lot of people realise the damage that the mining is doing to our environment and to our water supply and and to the native animals and to the environment up there. <laughs> Silence on the into end of the phone. Hello?
0: Yes. Yeah, no, we're here. We're listening, Tanya.
9: <laughs> yeah. So um, I just thought I'd take this opportunity to thank them for what they're doing. But they've got to also realise that the public's got to realise exactly what's happening to our environment up in the hills. mm
1: Thanks, Tanya. Thank there, there are a lot of changes to to the environment with mining, um, and I can understand uh, that you know the hydrology changes once oh, you definitely. get into the into the dirt. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, it's I can understand that some creeks have dried up. Uh, there's yep. been a lot of changes. Some of these changes are also uh, due to climate change. Uh, But, yeah, I think uh, there's a a lot of impacts of mining uh, and and currently they're mining uh, uh, and clearing native vegetation uh, in our water catchment. And uh, we can't picnic in that area, but they can certainly remove the trees. And uh, I certainly wonder what will happen to the inflows to the Serpentine Dam, which yeah. we in Perth rely on, um, yeah. uh, and they're changing—they're changing the hydrology, they're changing the soil profile, uh, they're changing the whole ecology of that area, and uh, and it's certainly a concern.
9: Yeah, and they're damaging where the waters are coming from, you know, to underground. Mm. Like you said, the hydrology, where the water's coming from, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I thought I'd bring that because I had personal.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. It's a good for your point, call. Tanya. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate okay, bye. it. Bye. Cheers for now. Now, we're heading to Melrose Beach. Where is Melrose Beach? Oh, Mantra Way, okay. I think. We'll find out. Hi, Jenny. Hi,
2: how are you going? Very
7: good. good. Um,
2: I have a question for you. I've got
7: <clears throat> lime limestone sort of under round issues. Out the front I want to put some flowering plants in and I also have a problem with the with the kangaroos ah. eating my stuff. What can I plant outside that gets full sun in the summer that the kangaroos won't eat? Okay. Well, first of all, tell us where Melrose Beach is. Melrose Beach is three kilometres south of the Dawesville Cut. Right. Okay. okay. And on the coast. So how big is your property? Oh, it's only um eight hundred square meters
2: if that Right. Is it a suburb as such? Yeah, it's a suburb, yeah. Melrose and got, Melrose Beach. And the kangaroos well, right are coming into your front of, yard?
7: Yeah, yeah. They come like, 'cause we're right on the edge of um Yelgora National Park. Mm. Lovely. Oh, so. uh, and they're sort of, you know, all along the coastline as well. I mean, we have a big population of kangaroos. I could go down the local park and count 50, 60 kangaroos at sunset.
2: Mm. Uh, what's the <coughs> chance of putting up some barrier fencing?
7: Yeah, I don't really want to do that if I can get away with it. But if I have to, mm. I will. I mean, I've got wire. I've got a... Um, a lemon tree out the front that I put in probably 18 months ago, and I've had to put wire around
2: that because they eat the shoots. Yes, need. yes. I
7: can't have roses out
2: the front because no. I eat those. Right.
1: Um, I, Jenny, it's Francis from Landcare SJ. We have a lot of problems with kangaroos when we do our re <laughs> as well. Um, and one of our simple solutions is to actually put a tree guard around the seedling. Uh, now... That doesn't stop the kangaroo from putting its head inside the tree guard, mm. but it does. It does. It does give the plants a better start. Now, at, at one particular site, we did a re-veg job. We didn't use guards, and we lost the lot. Uh, the next yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, the next time we uh, we we put them in, we used tree guards, and we had a much higher success rate. Uh, and. These days there are tree guards which are fully biodegradable, no plastic at all. Uh, We've just just taken up, uh, we've gone away from the core flute and the plastic film. Uh, They're a little bit more expensive. but uh, they're, they're fabulous, and uh, they're cardboard. And uh, yeah, if you if you have a look around for those, yeah, you might be able to find some, and that could give you a a start. That you could get your plants to have a start at least.
7: Yeah, well, we've sort of tried that, but as soon as you take them away, mm, they yeah. they just nibble, you yeah. know,
2: and it kills the trees. And it's it's not just them eating, Jenny. They if they're coming in and your plants are small, they're they could step on them or break them off, so that's that's also the next problem. I think the most effective, like do it once and solve your problem, and that that will be your barrier fencing. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you suggest I plant? I want colour. I want if you colour. if you've got a fence, mm-hmm. you can plant anything you want from kangaroo paws. There are lots of beautiful grevilleas and hakeas. Um, Geraldton wax are looking <laughs> stunning at the moment. There's oh, there's orchids for sale up at the plant sale. Um, you know, there's, oh, where do you start? The pea flowers in winter. And what I yep. would be doing is buying four times a year. So I would go out in at least four seasons and buy things in flower right. to put in the garden. Thryptomines are a favourite of mine. Uh, there are some beautiful wattles. The acacia pulchella is a small prickly wattle.
7: That... Yeah, I've got to be very careful because I suffer very badly from hay fever and asthma.
2: Right, so you need a checklist so... of what's flowering in what season, what's yeah. uh, <coughs> allergy free mm. uh, and, uh, and the, the other um... thing I would recommend is finding out what's endemic to your area because the plants that suit your area will grow better with less Water and and treatment than uh, exotics.
7: Yeah, I think I might have to go Geraldton wax because that in the in the bush sort of opposite us they grow wild the Gerald mm. wax and they so do kangaroos don't affect them. Oh, okay, <coughs> um, but yeah, I just I was looking at putting some hydrangeas in for some really nice big flower colour but I'm a bit frightened to do that because of the kangaroos.
2: Well, and if a, if we're talking full sun, uh, they will need really good amounts of water and they kind of only flower for a short time. So there are probably better options that are hardier, okay. I think. All, right. All
7: I think right. I might have to do some more homework. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's got, You know, I'm just having a little look here, um, Jenny, while Faye's chatting with you about kangaroo deterrence. There's quite a bit on the uh, internet as well. They say they don't like Grevilleas very tried, much. We've actually yeah. tried coffee
7: grinds on the front
0: lawn because
7: mm. we don't have to mow the front lawn at all. Um, I've looked at coffee grinds and that seems to keep them away for a little while, but you can't put too much of that on. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, there's yes. a fair bit of information. If you look up, read, you know, how to control uh, kangaroos in the garden, deterrents, et cetera, there's some good reading there. I'm just having a look at it while we're chatting. Yeah. So much more homework required there. It's a it's yeah, a problem so. that is not going to go away.
7: Okay. Well, you've given me a, a few ideas. I've written them down as um, so best I can. <laughs> so mainly natives, I'd say. Well,
2: good luck and and let us know what you come up with, Jenny.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Jenny. Bye. Cheers Bye. for that. Okay, we do have to go to a break and uh, we've got a few more messages coming through. We'll deal with them shortly. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest in the studio, Francis Smith, Executive Officer of Landcare Serpentine and Jarrodale. Uh A couple of que- comments coming in as well with regard to deterring kangaroos and a suggestion from Moya in Waikiki. Moya, how are you? I'm fine, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? We're we're fabulous. Very good.
2: I hope you've got some suggestions for us, Moira. Well, I I know that um,
5: most animals won't go anywhere near their own faeces to eat. Yes. And if the lady collects some of the droppings, which isn't hard in Malrose Beach, mm. um, the droppings of the kangaroo and... Slurry it down and water it down, and get um, a filter of some kind, and spray the the solution that has been filtered a bit because it won't spray if it hasn't been. Mm. Or she might be able to just do it in a watering can. But if she does it on the plants, then they tend not to go where their own feces has been. Mm. That's
2: yeah, that's that a very good point. Most and, animals, yeah. And mm. they can. Uh, detect the scent of it where we can't so mm-hmm. it won't be offensive to us but they would acknowledge it and i also wonder she had said that they were eating a, a grass area out the front and i think well okay if that's a food source for them they're coming in and they're nibbling mm-hmm. on the, the lawn and then they're saying what else is here so that is possibly one of the things that's attracting them
5: yeah and uh, y- they um, obviously, as they eat, they go forward. So mm. any feces is behind them, and not on what they've started to eat. Yeah, yeah, good
0: point. So, um,
5: mm. And that's the same with rabbits. Um, when people are planting uh, trees in in farmland or sheep, even um, most animals won't go near their own feces or the smell of it. So it it's a good ecological Solution um, think to try, yeah.
0: Mm. Thank Thanks, you, Moira. Maya, Very practical. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cheers bye. for that. Thank Have you. A good day. you. You too. And Joy of Wannanup phoned in, and she's near Melrose, and she said she's planted WA natives in her garden, has no trouble with kangaroos, although apparently the people next door do.
2: Mm. Oh, so... and I wonder if
0: it is to do with the lawn too, because.
2: Mm. Mm. That that clearly is a food source for them. It's easy for them to access, so mm. it makes a, a nice entrance or landing pad for them.
0: Okay. Now let's go to Boya. We're talking about clivias. Shirley, good morning.
3: Oh, good morning. First of all, thanks for your program, which I really enjoy. I have about 25 clivia seeds, and I don't know what to do with them. I think it's possible to try and propagate them, but I don't actually know what to do. Yes. Please. Yes.
2: Well... One thing that I do know about clivia or clivia seeds is that they have a fleshy outside coating. So yes. soak them in warm, soapy water and um, gently rub that until it comes off. And then you're left with the seed and you could plant that uh, any time now, I think. Just plant it uh, in a shallow pot, not not so much potting mix, but a a coarse mix uh, that drains well, and probably put a, a cloche or a cover over it that makes it like a mini hothouse. And you could even make okay. something like that with a, a plastic drink bottle. Yes. And um, I'm sure they won't take long to shoot at all.
3: Okay, thank you very much indeed.
0: You're welcome, Shirley. Enjoy that. Thanks, Shirley. Thank you. Cheers. And let's head to Quinana talking about clover. David, hi.
3: Hi, how Hi. are you going? Very good, good David. That's good. Uh, it's a really good show. I, I really do enjoy it. Now, like I, said, I live in Kwanana, or me and my wife does, and um, we have a lot of natives, especially ground cover, and the clover is beginning to take over. Now, I was just wondering if there's anything on the market that would um, annihilate the clover but not hurt our plants.
2: Mm. Not that I know of, but that doesn't mean that there's not. Maybe John could do a Google for us and see what he can find. Uh, The other thing that I would suggest is, is this happening between your plants?
3: It's it's actually getting in amongst the ground cover now.
2: Oh, that's the thing that I really
3: dislike
2: Mm. about you know, low ground covers, if they, yeah. if and when they're really low, the weeds get in amongst it and it's like trying to pull out splinters. Yeah. They're yeah. just... Um, I would recommend ground covers that are a little bit higher. That way the light doesn't get down below and you don't get the weed germination.
3: Um, oh, okay. Having
2: said that, if the ground covers aren't rooting, if you can lift them up then you can smother the clover underneath. Um, in bear patches, I would be tempted, if they're large bear patches, I, I have used in the past with success, wet newspaper and mulch on top. Um, okay, yeah. Your clover, clover will die down seasonally. Yeah, that's another and one. And it mm. may be affected by pH. So uh, I just have to check on that because if the pH changes... It you likes. may not get the clover. Remember we talked a few weeks mm. ago to Claire, um, Kate Wall and she mm. talked about what weeds can tell you about an area. So if we we find out what clover likes, we may be able to change the environment by changing the pH. I think it's too high in nitrogen mm. or something. If those oh, okay. ground covers actually, as they grow, get higher, the problem will be less and less each year.
3: Yeah.
2: Is that likely to happen or are they a really flat ground cover?
3: Uh, no, it is uh, a lot of it is flat ground cover, mm.
2: yes. And yeah, I don't really like flat ground cover because it's hard to manage the weeds.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Mm. Uh, oh, well, um, mm. doesn't look like there's much of a solution, does it? Well,
2: yeah. it as they die down, they will put nitrogen back into the soil. Yeah. And... And over the summer months,
0: it shouldn't be a problem. So it's it's just seasonal, David.
3: Yeah.
0: They're saying All I'm right. just having a little read, and um, they're saying that nitrogen uh, cannot survive if the soil is sufficient in nitrogen. Yeah. Okay.
3: So, then yeah. Look, so, for your time and, but, and we'll but, we'll sort of look into that.
2: So, David, if if you were to add nitrogen to that area, and you yeah. can get high nitrogen in fertilisers like lawn fertiliser, just yeah. be careful what, well, depending on what the ground cover is, but You'd you may it. be able to use something along the lines of a high nitrogen fertiliser that yeah. will stop the clover from growing because you're changing the environment.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. got that, Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. Thank you. All
0: right. You're welcome. Happy gardening, David. Cheers for that. All okay. right, bye. Bye. We've got to have a quick break. When we return, we're chatting with Roma about frangipani and a mango tree. Curtain
3: radio.
0: Straight back out to the lines. We are in Yokine, Roma. Good morning.
9: Oh, good morning. How are you?
0: Fairly Very good, well, Raya. Thank you.
9: How's everyone? All well? That's good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about a frangipani. You know the stalk that um, holds the leaves on the end. Yes. Yes. Now. A lot of the tr- the trees have um, still got that dead stalk on
2: there. Are you supposed to take that off, break Ooh. that stalk off, or leave them on? Uh, are we talking about normal frangipanies, not native frangipanies? No, no, just the normal frangipanies. Yep. No, they will start pushing out new growth with the warmer weather that we've got coming. So leave what, them on. On that, on that stem that the flowers were on last year? Yes. Oh, a... The flower stalk will just drop off by itself. Oh, because I've got one tree especially. They're still all on there. Don't worry about it, Roma. Just, just let it be. You wouldn't really? remove them? No, well They will fall off on their own, will they? They will, yes.
9: Oh, okay. <laughs>
8: okay. I wondered.
9: And the other one, the mango tree, um, is starting to flower now. Get the little flowers.
2: Yes, good. <clears throat> Is it too late to spray it with anything? Uh, what, what would you be spraying it with? Well, I don't
9: know. Anything, because last year it had a lot of the stalks. They were sort of, they looked
2: sick and a bit dry. Maybe. Stalks that hold the, the flowers on there. Yeah, I'd be very careful at the moment. Uh, even be careful with fertiliser, because if you do overdo it, it will drop a lot of the flowers. Um. You'd be mm-hmm. hoping at the moment that you'll get the pollinators in. This is an important time for, for pollination. So right. just just be careful. Uh, if anything, maybe a liquid, liquid fertiliser with yes. potash or yes. potassium yes. to help it hold on to its bloom. Right. Um, keep the moisture up to it when we get dry weather. Uh, yes. Mulch it. And I I think you'll be okay for now.
9: Be okay. Mm. So don't spray the tree with anything at the moment?
2: Not at the moment, but I will look into this a little bit more. All right, then. All right. All
9: right. Thank you very much
0: for that. You're welcome.
2: Bye.
0: Bye -bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Now, we had a few things we wanted to punch through.
2: Yes. Andrea P. has sent us another email. Thank you. She would like to question why Australians can't have a wild animal and yet in America they have our wild animals as pets. Why Mm. is that? So she puts the question out there. But she's also sent another email on the topic of kangaroos. Spreading blood and bone around helps keep animals away. It it works for rabbits and it also works for kangaroos. And John suggested feeding the, the meat of the animal you want to keep away. So if you want to keep away kangaroos, give your dogs kangaroo meat and put their excreta around the garden because that will help as a deterrent too.
0: You've got to be keen, <laughs> don't you? You've got to be keen. That's all I can say. Or let your
2: dog go in the front yard when it needs to do
0: something. <laughs> all right. And what else? Now, oh, and we were also, uh, I forget the lady's name now, she she rang in and said that to keep uh, you know our native animals uh, in domestic environment requires licences.
2: And I have two and applications is, form forms here. If do you want one, Ray?
0: To keep a wild animal? <laughs> no, I'm good, thank you. I've got a, I've got a wild animal, a 15 month old cavoodle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can get a pet keeper's license for fauna, uh, and there is another one for rehabilitation. So if you're a wildlife carer, yeah. you can. I think it's more fostering them rather mm. than keeping them permanently. Mm. There's different scales.
0: Oh, it was Rita mm. from Maidavale that rang in with that comment. Yes, thank you, Rita. We didn't ignore you. Uh, yes, okay. And what else do we need to cover?
2: Well, Francis, where can people find out more information uh, about Landcare SJ?
1: Okay, probably the best place is on our website. Uh, uh, just Google Landcare Serpentine Jaredale. Uh, we've got one more planting this year, and that is uh, in Pinjarra next on Thursday the 16th. Uh, we're doing another R U O K U OK? day in that community.
0: Oh, wonderful. It, look, it's amazing work that you guys are doing, and it's really good to hear about it. Uh, and thank you for joining us on air to explain. It's
1: been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, you, you very
0: much. Okay, thanking the team. Uh, Bev Daring and John Glidden and uh, our very own Fire Caro, of course. And just a quick plug again to Chris Bartlett for his soirée, 9 p.m. to midnight tomorrow night uh, on Curtain Radio. Guaranteed music to put you to sleep.
2: One more thing, quickly, Ray. There's a Camellia Garden open this weekend. Uh, Check out the Camellia Society for more info.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you for that. And my gardenism for the morning is Knee deep in my garden soil Seeds strewn in my hair Sunshine streaming Flowers dreaming Bliss without a care Pick that one out for myself, actually. Lovely. All right, everyone, take care. Look after yourselves. Jim Crinan is next with the classic 70s. And then from 12 noon, we go country with Brendan T. And Born in Boots. Have fun. Look, at, look after yourselves. And happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.